1: Greetings and welcome to a Friday edition of the Shotgun Start. It is July 10th. Andy, how are we doing?
0: Brendan! I'm, uh, I'm doing okay. This is uh, my third Brendan of the night.
1: <laughs> Major technical difficulties. Major technical difficulties tonight. This is a podcast, that, you know, we're talking right now. We don't know if your computer will be in the trash bin in 15 minutes. From now, if, if this this is on the air and you're listening to it on your phone or your podcast app, or whatever, then it's you know a blessing. It might be against the odds as we speak this point. At this point,
0: I think it's it's getting close to time for a new computer for me. Just restart, <laughs> just shuts down every couple minutes now, just out of the blue. Well,
1: well, it wasn't every couple minutes the first time because we had 25 <laughs> minutes of a solid podcast recorded when it crashed. Second time this week. Damn it, uh, we're gonna have to dip into the dip into the slush fund to get some new equipment. Maybe it's
0: not good. Not good.
1: <laughs> All right. Well, it's Good Friday. It's a Good Friday. It is. So. It's
0: Friday. The time fl- weeks are flying by.
1: Yeah, they are. They are. Golf's back, and it's moving along. Do you think? Do you think the PGA Tour is doing everything they can right now to like? I, I say this because this is a prompt conversation we had. All of a sudden, on these like golf texts you know we're talking about like the big tens doing conference play ivy league it seems like college football is in like real peril and like one of my friends who like knows nothing about golf doesn't care about golf if it didn't exist he wouldn't notice Is it like it's golf's time you know he, he's probably playing a little bit i just i wonder like i don't know I didn't plan to talk about this but it's just something i was thinking about they got to walk a tightrope obviously and not seem callous in a pandemic but are they doing everything they can to really capture a moment while other sports maybe cannot play under the cir- under the circumstances
0: i i don't think the pga tour their current business model really appeals to the masses
1: why do you say that what does that mean that sounds like a big statement
0: I think that the I think my friends, my casual golf friends, care about the majors. They cared about the match. Um, yeah, they like that stuff. They like the Ryder Cup, but the workday charity open doesn't really <laughs> move the needle for them. Um, and uh, it, the needle's
1: coming into town, sailing up the Olin tangy in privacy.
0: I don't think that needle moves the needle, really. <laughs> yeah. um,
1: Unless it's Adagosto or the U.S. Open or places like that, is what you're saying.
0: And it's, it's kind of crazy. It's go- I mean, you look at the ratings, and they aren't noticeably great given the fact that nothing else is, they have no competition. Um, yeah. It's kind of a telling sign that there are some major problems with the, with the PGA Tour's uh, week-to-week setup.
1: The gambling uh, seems hot and heavy. The TV ratings, I don't know, are, are jumping in the way you'd expect, given that there's not a lot of other sports.
0: But you know that I I just think that the the casual fan cares about about ten players, yeah. um, and yeah, and that's difficult to to have a weekly product given the uh in given you know the golf is such a uh, there's so much parity in golf and the fact right. that anybody can win any, any given week
1: right so no it's just interesting to get here that obviously golf is doing great everyone recreational level it's booming massive i just you know it was just a thing that came up i noticed today on text chains with people who aren't who are Big sports nuts, but not necessarily golf fans. So. I
0: think I think that's so important to note that golf itself is having a moment. And you yeah. know, I've got friends that don't that aren't golfers that are picking up golf and are starting to play golf and are getting golf fever because it's such an awesome activity. It's you know anytime, but especially given the the climate, it's it's interesting. My my group of college friends very few golfers i mean the mm-hmm. the best one might shoot 90 if they if we go out and play like might be yeah. like a really good day Right. um and like you know there's now like seven or eight of us that play golf nine of us that play golf regularly and it's so funny because i don't interact much but there's now a dedicated golf text thread in. yeah
2: <laughs>
0: and really. uh i don't interact much in this thread but i get to just whenever i check in there i get to like view the game through a bunch of beginners um and they never talk about the pga tour ever
1: yeah And it's just their own game recreational.
0: And I think it's an important thing to remember is that the game of golf is dwarfs the PGA tour.
1: That's true. That's true. I, I, again, I just, from an entertainment product standpoint, I'm just wondering like what they could do while other sports may have trouble coming back in the fall. And then, uh, I, I don't know. It seems like a moment that the PGL could maybe would have or could have pounced. I, I don't know. I, I just don't know. As an entertainment product, how do you get beyond the glut and, and really capture a segment of the sports fan imagination that, that might not have time for you in other normal circumstances? I, so.
0: It's such a hard sport to watch if you don't know what's going on.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I, I guess. I don't know what that means. What like does that if mean? You, totally?
0: Okay, it, it, there's no central focus, right? And and you don't know like player like you don't know what's who's a good player who's not a you know like there's yeah. no central focus. It's I guess it's relatively simple, but yeah. it it jumps back and forth. Players are on different holes. They're they're different under par. You don't know what that. Means, But versus a, you know, a team sport where the object is to get it in the in the basket or the net. Yeah. And, it's, and... there's one field of play. Right.
1: Yeah, I suppose. I suppose. Uh, OK, no, no, no. It's just something I was thinking about today. It's, it's a tightrope. They got to walk without try being callous in a pandemic and looking like they're just going being a little extra. So.
0: Well, they got the they got the quarantine group. <laughs>
1: You want to talk about that? Let's do talk. it. We could talk I, Well, let about me, it. first, I got a shout-out. Non-birthday shout-out real quick. Sandy Smith, DM. When we're talking about the recreational golfer. Shout-out to Doug Roxburgh, Canadian amateur legend, superstar. He's won four Canadian amateurs and 13 British Columbia amateurs. So, up in BC. Fans up in BC. Uh, I've Sandy always wanted is. To I don't move know if to Doug... BC. I don't know if Doug even knows we exist, which is, would be great. So, But Sandy's a listener. Um, why would you want to move there? It looks fantastic. looks amazing. Yeah. Heaven on earth. Vancouver yeah. looks just I like know. the most amazing place in the I world. Know. It does look great. But Doug Roxburgh, he's, he's missing the BCM this year. It's his first one he'll miss since 1966.
0: Holy shit.
1: His son, he's 68. He still shoots his age a couple times this year already. Uh, his son is getting married the day after the BCM, and just for like you know everything with COVID going on, he withdrew from the uh, BCM. He's played in every one since '66. Shout out to Doug Roxburgh.
0: That's a that's quite the streak to have ended. You know, the, I no. wonder if his son feels bad. He he played for <laughs> oh, 50, over fifty straight BC Open, or BCMs.
1: <laughs> yeah. So they say he's uh he's like a true amateur, true career amateur. So it's kind of kind of like in your wheelhouse, not not the reinstated version. So, uh, Gotta all appreciate right. Appreciate that. Now we're, we've been rambling on. Let's get to the workday charity open, the COVID group, the COVID positive group. Colin Morikawa leads. Let's let's do the play first. Morikawa leads after seven under sixty five, played his ass off after taking a week off after missing his first cut since turning pro at Travelers. Uh, he's followed by the Canadian duo. Adam Hadwin and Nick Taylor, Hideki Matsuyama's in there with his the own sixty-seven. Zach shot a sixty-seven. As did Aaron Wise. Real hit or miss. Who's been, which you've illuminated in some stats deep dives in the past on this podcast. Been more miss lately.
0: But. Been a, been a lot of misses. But he's still he's still so young. I think he's twenty-three now. You yeah, know, it's like he, the the guys that turn pro super early, like he did. You know, I think he was nineteen when he was playing on the tour. He might still yeah. be twenty-two even. It's yeah. uh, it's easy to overlook uh how young they are when they get out there for three years, and it's like, well, they're actually, and it's a lot of times like I think Aaron Wise might be younger than Colin Morikawa. That
1: certainly sounds plausible for sure. Um, yeah.
0: So sometimes it's it's easy to forget that, but Morikawa was incredible, T to green, just a ball striking ex- ex- exhibition, and uh. It's, it's, I I had forgotten almost how hard Muirfield Village is on approach and how much it rewards guys that hit great iron shots.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think you see that through its champions, Rose, Hideki, you know, players like that. Tiger. You really got to strike it, Tiger. Five-time <laughs> winner, of course. <laughs> Kenny Perry, three-time winner. KP. Mr. Columbus, it's the house that Jack built, but Kenny owns it. Lip- Lipscomb
0: uh, the... uh, University scholarship uh, guy.
1: Yeah, that's right. That's right. Mr. Solid Core, right? Wasn't he a one of the guys you say was saved?
0: But eh, Sol- it's, it's it's an interesting where his boom of his career was happened <laughs> in the you know boom of technology. It was a late surge too. <laughs>
1: Uh yeah, no, Morikawa's game obviously suits Muirfield Villager well. What else did you like about
0: the first initial round? Um, I I just I enjoyed the pins, uh, in the pin yeah. positions. I, I love the slower greens with more slope. I'm a, a big, big fan of uh this because we get to see putts that break and it makes putting more difficult when you have to really marry speed and uh and line more so. And what I mean by that is that with the way the PGA Tour sets up their tournaments, typically week-to-week, it is is more of an emphasis on very fast greens with less slope, so they typically can only put their pins on 1% to 2% of slope, and anybody that's playing their local muni is seeing much more break than that on a weekend <laughs> basis. That's crazy. Um, so what you don't see is what you were seeing today, which is you saw putts. That would rip across the front of the hole as they lost the, their pace. Um, those putts on on flatter greens and flatter pin positions, which we typically see, are are not going to rip from the right edge across the front of the cup and miss. They're going to just go from the right edge and drop into the middle, or from the the middle and drop into the the left corner. You know, um, yeah. and I I think it's going to be, it'll be really interesting to see if the if the numbers change and bear out that it is more challenging to putt with more slope and slightly slower i mean we're not talking it's not like these greens are running eights either yeah you know they're they're quick but they have slope because they're a little bit slower than normal
1: and that was noticeable for you on the cover today discernible you could see it with the putts die you know dive and blow the
0: hole totally it was is so fun to watch I, I okay, because that's so much harder, it's so much harder to play golf when you've got six footers that you have to play two cups out right. Um, yeah, because then, especially say it's breaking right to left, you're really worried about it running away left um, mm-hmm. if you if you miss it low because you get that kind of draw it gets that draw motion and it'll run out down the hill. like you have to kind of play. That high side of the break and drop it in if you're worried, it, it brings in a whole new psychological element than when it's just, hey, this is just outside right, this is just outside left. You're never worried about that putt diving and ripping away.
1: And allegedly, we will not see it next week. Less, but you know, more flat, flatter, pinnable spot, Tra- green's faster. Yeah, traditional spot that's fascinating. So, you'd think week to week the Muni player sees more slope more break obviously the greens are probably not as fast on the PGA Tour wherever you're playing
0: yeah especially if you play like an older type course you know and and I think yeah I I I, they they, I won't understate how challenging the pins are that the tour players face though is like that that's something I'm not saying where they're located and trying to get close to them like (laughs) getting close to a tour pin is extraordinarily difficult because of how tucked they are. Um, And those are pins that beauty players would complain. (laughs) would just, but um, yeah. So,
1: but next week they're in the slugger zone, as you say, right? Not as much slope. Is that what you called it? The slugger zone?
0: Slugger zone.
1: (laughs) All right. Any other reactions from the first round? Brooksy kind of blew up, went out in 41, but got a few back coming in. Phil did the opposite so phil,
0: phil i was listening to the telecast I, I was watching the telecast i was passively i was doing some other stuff i was yeah. researching our flashback friday actually oh good so good. I, was, I was reading but i was listening and watching here intermittently when i'm switching between stuff um and i just heard out of the corner of my ear i think i was talking to my wife too and, and and I heard out of the counter in my ear, like, Phil's never broken par on the back nine at, at Memorial. And I was so confused. So I tweeted kind of questioning, "Is the, did I just hear this? Yeah. And uh, it turns out that it was after rounds of four under or better on the front nine, he's never broken par on the back nine. What a stat, huh? What? Wait, what?
1: Just a Muirfield Village when he shoots 32. Or better. You, or better. He doesn't break it on the back. Yeah. What, what, how often is that relevant? What does that instruct? What does that illuminate? What does that what, what does that provide? What value is that?
0: Well, it happened again. He shot 41. I thought <laughs> he shot 32 41.
1: <laughs> so okay, if you tell me he's never broken par on the back nine, that got that that means something to me. But like after shooting 32 at Muirfield Village, that doesn't add a whole lot of value, I don't think. That's ridiculous. Okay. Any other reactions to the first round?
0: Um, other the COVID years.
1: group. Yeah. We had the COVID positive group. I've seen Dylan Fratelli now on the TV. He's talking, but I, I don't know. I, I um it sounds like, you know, they may not they're still testing positive, may not be contagious anymore. I don't know. I just don't know. Like it's not it's it's the workday charity open. It's professional golf. And it's Dylan Fratelli, Denny McCarthy, and Nick Watney. I just, it's not like a doctor you need to get back into battle or, you know, an important leader that needs to be there. It's just the freaking pro golf Workday Charity Open. I just don't know that you need to be pushing guys who are testing positive out there. And and whether you think they have any risk or not, I just think from like uh, the value of having them in a pro golf event that's the Workday Charity Open. It's not. It's not high enough to even risk it, or even take the PR hit of doing some symptom-based model. Some people would say it's the right PR. They're setting a good example that this is how we should start handling this. But I, I don't don't think it's necessary for a pro golf event. That's all.
0: It's it's pretty clear that repeatedly, over and over and over again during this terrible thing that we've been dealing with, is that people have been. Rep- repeatedly wrong with theories about the virus and the disease and it's been oh this is the case and then it comes out a week later oh no this isn't the case you know so for me, to be clear, though,
1: I wouldn't want to be playing with a guy. I wouldn't want a guy who's positive for the flu and didn't have symptoms. I wouldn't want that guy in the field. Like, I, I don't want to get the flu from the guy. Why? It's a well, pro. It's a workday open. I don't need. I don't want the flu from that. So, That's,
0: so it's just this is like the greater point is like given the uncertainty and how many times people have been wrong. About stuff like the some some of the leading uh, epidemiologists have been wrong about things, and then had to come out and be like, "Oh, we thought this was the case." Everybody's kind of working on, well, we think this is it, but we aren't sure because there's no real playbook. It's why would you why would you take a risk like this and just say you already paid these guys a hundred grand for getting it? So it's like. Why not just say, Hey, we gave you guys some money. Like if you can't live off a hundred grand for six months, I don't
1: know. I guess, I guess for telly was pushing hard to get in while testing positive. And apparently he was, I somebody told me he was going to be paired with Nick Taylor or was paired with Nick Taylor already. And Taylor sp- deliberately took the first four weeks off out of, you know, the whole abundance of caution, actually. And then all of a sudden he was with Fratelli, he was testing positive. They eventually, obviously, reworked that into the this COVID group, Scarlet Letter group. But it's just, it's an odd thing that I feel like it's not issue you got to force right now. I think for an event that's just, I mean, it's the Workday Charity Open. Is this really necessary? So it's that's just,
0: all. uh, It's obviously uncertain times, and there's no nobody has answers. And to just assume that you know that this is the case seems very. In two weeks, it might come out that this is definitely the case. That this, but but why not wait until it's very like without a reason, without any doubt that this this is true? Because nothing that we've gone through the last five months has seemingly been right the first time yeah
1: we we got yeah that's it i mean i, I just didn't understand why for a golf tournament that bad pushed optics the, pushed the envelope yeah the optics even if you don't think it's a i don't know uh we got a lot of peter malnati today shot a 68 i don't know why i kept turning on the tv and malnati was there must be so.
0: because he's a pack member but let me tell you <laughs> i can't stand watching peter malnati play golf. <laughs> you don't
1: like malnati I, You've I never been a naughty guy for some reason. Why he's I
0: think one of the reasons he had that heart. MLB sponsorship <laughs> it always bugged me. He won. He wins opposite field events. Uh, Sanderson. He. Uh, I just I saw about twenty naughty shots. He was on the TV every time I I turned around, and it was like they were it was like they were trolling me.
1: <laughs> you know what made me turn off the TV was back on the T ads. They're having the opposite effect now at this point. Then they say, ja, "Kevin, nah, 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 nah." I turned the TV off and went outside. The back on the T ad is now makes me wish golf was going away, so I didn't have to see that ad anymore. It's had the opposite effect. I just can't do it anymore. I, I'm I actually s- went outside. I turned off the TV. It's like I can't do it.
0: I'm so, like, I my brain turns off when ads come mm-hmm. on.
1: That's good. That I don't that's, even that's, notice ads. That I, I don't either, but then I just start hearing Ricky Fowler, John Rob. Is that, na, na, is na, that na. the
0: one that Max Homa's in too?
1: Uh, no. Uh, yeah, Aaron Rodgers says Max Homa. <laughs> right? Yeah. He's in a couple of them, Max Homa. All right. Super anything star. else from Columbus? M- Media Vogel. Yeah, he's in everything. He's Mr. Uh, PGA Tour. Fr- front, front and center. Anything else from the first round?
0: Uh, Just the no. pins,
1: pin placement You want to watch that all weekend I'm excited it's,
0: it's fun to watch putts break across the hole Underrated right. aspect of golf Because there's nothing worse than when your putt rips across the front of the hole
1: John Oda leads the TPC San Antonio Challenge at the Canyons down in San Antonio Shot an 8 under 64 Leads Andy po- Oh no, he's Andy Pope making a late run Mr. Golden Mr. Tee. Mr. Golden Tee. He's As we record that he's 8 under through 16 so The pride of no Glenn Allen
0: it's nearby. No Todd Legend, so th- Legend, <laughs> Golden Tee player and Western sub, uh, <laughs> suburbs of Chicago golfer Andy Pope
1: leads Cyril. They those two are eight under. They lead Cyril Bunyol from France. So not a Frenchman on the K- KFT tour. You don't see that very often. Um, anything else on the San Antonio Challenge at the Canyons?
0: I, I did. I got a I got a listener email. This is wonderful. Oh. This Fantastic. is from Reed Smith. Okay. Listened to the podcast today and heard the KFT is heading to the Canyons course at TPC San Antonio. I don't know if you're familiar with college club golf or the NCCGA, uh, but fall in 2015, they had the nationals at TPC San Antonio, which turned into the strangest golf tournament I've ever played in. Um, so club golf for those... So that- club
1: golf is What?
0: Club golf is at like the big schools the big D1 schools um that obviously they're your Clemses your Texases your Baylor's these are you know awesome D1 programs these are the best golfers in the college that are, aren't good enough to play on that team. in many cases these guys probably could have played. Smaller D1 golf, maybe D2, D3 golf for sure. They were all high school good high school players. Um, so that gives you a little context on the skill level of these players. They're very good players. They're shooting yeah. low 70s and 60s regularly. Um, yep. So showing up to the course the first day, it was blowing 30-plus with gusts up to 60. Oh, my God. 60 gusts i mean blowing 30 plus sustainable is like <laughs> yeah, an insanity yeah.
1: good <laughs> players really good players at big schools en- oh my god
0: enough that the weather channel is sending us strong wind advisories they did a split tea and we are starting on the 10th at the canyons as it turns out this tea box turned into a bloodbath there was a 45-minute backup on the tee as the range the range was straight downwind, which is the worst when it's windy and your range is straight downwind because no matter what, every one of your shots goes dead straight. You want that wind blown right into you yeah, so you know yeah, what's yeah, going on. Yeah, but yeah, when it's blown yeah. downwind, it makes You're, everybody feel like an All-American. Right, right. Uh, right. But the opening tee shot on the 10th hole was dead left-to-right crosswind. Oh, god. With brush trees and tall grass, right. The starter said that through the sixty or so people before, uh, before him, he had counted over forty provisionals <laughs> off the tee, which uh, <laughs> Reed added two to that count. <laughs>
1: All right.
0: Guys were having to aim a hole over or snap hook a driver <laughs> to keep from losing a ball in the crap out to the right.
1: The canyons course brutalizing the the, the, the best some great
0: college players one of the par fives on the front nine had a scoring average of seven and a half (laughs) and on the day there was only 72 birdies compared to 278 triples or worse (laughs) think about that 72 birdies like some of these holes were playing dead downwind too
1: yeah right right right
0: sometimes downwinds harder than into the wind though I'll, i'll say um the round was brutal, took seven hours, and a fifth of the field didn't break a hundred. As a scratch golfer, I shot ninety-two and felt Holy I played God. pretty well. Holy cow. I can't imagine they'll have any wins like that this week, but that's just <laughs> a tale of what could happen at that course. So he A hundred. This is Reed Smith. Uh he played okay. on Clemson, which actually was the team that won.
1: Okay. Okay.
0: And uh I was looking through the scores. And that first day, the lowest score, it's a huge field. I mean, there's got to be 150 players in it. The lowest score, 81. <laughs> oh, my God. I mean, it's That's just insane. Yeah, yeah. So Clemson wins, the, or Texas won. Sorry, okay. Clemson did yeah. not win. Clemson came in okay. third. Texas's scores on the first day, 83-89, 85-96, 88-100, 98-98. What? Those were their players' scores. Oh, my God. <laughs>
1: uh, it does not appear to be that hard for the, the, the Canyons course. I mean, we've, I, Oda went deep with the 64. Andy Pope's going deep. Se, I see Stephen Bowditch is in the field, a Texan. He's the only player shot over 80. He's obviously been to, through some hell lately. He's so, one in and the injured, area. And injured, yeah. He's won he's in won. Texas. Texas, yeah. But uh, they're going deep today. Obviously, probably not blowing thirty sustained. So and and LUP, Lup came to town too. So the canyons course. I mean, the, the Oaks course can be an ass kicker for the whatever the Texas Open Valero. So all right, all right. anything else? You want to talk Ca- about Brooksy? Brooksy what?
0: With Bryson.
1: Well, we got to give away some wine. Oh yeah. Other 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 result, Juss Luton leads the Austrian Open. It's a mixed, looks like mixed challenge Euro tour. That's all we got. That'll change by the time you're listening to this anyways. All right, let's give away some wine. It's uh, Smith Devereaux, birthday, wine day. Uh, these are our friends of Smith Devereaux, our wine guys. They're podcast listeners. They sponsored. They loved when you would get irritated with when I'd shout out a birthday. They just, just to hear you go, ah. Oh! again what are you doing this this kind of that anger that frustration they came in with a sponsorship just to poke you poke the bear smith Devereaux. that that's that's reason alone you should support them as a sponsor just because they they came on more as a troll to andy to make this more of a birthday it's
0: total bullshit this (laughs) is to have to take breaks to wish people happy birthdays well, now
1: we got sgsbirthdays at gmail.com. We're doing a random drawing every it's Friday.
0: Run by my wife. So my wife's telling me all all the all the birthday tales.
1: So now it's annoying you even more. Is that what you're saying? Your wife's there chirping your birthday emails as they come in. There
0: are some good notes, I have to admit. They're picked <laughs> randomly. We, we decided that picking randomly was better than... We didn't want, to want people yeah. to feel... Like that they had to have a great birthday tale. Even, we appreciate birthday tales, and we're going to highlight some of them. But-
1: we also don't want any conflict of interest. It's my dad's birthday, the 10th. It's my dad's birthday, so we can't be doing we got to pick them randomly. Right. Yeah. you can't be doing any of this conflict of interest. So Smith Devro should probably talk a little yeah, bit about them. They got
0: great wine. I, I, I uh,
1: SmithDevro dot com d e v e r e u x dot com. Join their wine club. Order directly from their website. You don't have to go out. You don't have to peruse. You know the wine store with all the you know idiots out there. It just Pick your wine and have it sent to your house.
0: It, so. He's so, he's uh, it, the founder is one of us because in yeah. true SGS fashion, he planned to get a landing page up and ready to go, but he decided that today Play golf golf, right? golf was more important. <laughs> so the landing page is not he's not going to be monitoring our uh, our com- hashtag conversions. <laughs> um, maybe next week they'll be ready right. to go, but who knows? It could be okay. like the Troy Merritt profile. <laughs> okay. So again, um, another gotta, they, reason to support them. Yeah, <laughs> it, one one note: the California red blend. He says is yes. a, is a perfect whack a hack companion. Look at that synergy. Oh, And all right. if, if you're especially if you're barbecuing in this insufferable heat, so good, good hot weather wine.
1: Okay, they and they had the the Sav Blanc. He noted yeah. last week too. So some I, some seasonal options.
0: I I had a bottle of the rosé for uh, for my wife's. Uh, baby shower a few yeah a few family came over and i i popped yeah. that bottle of rose they loved yeah. it all yeah. the, all my my mother-in-law and, and sister-in-law loved loved the california the rose the and vacationer. It, they, have,
1: they still have some arnold palmer wines 90th birthday yeah. edition too which is a done with his family you know holly had some input right yeah <laughs> saunders no. No, but yeah, they hey, still have Let's
0: get to the birthdays. Arnold Paul. This is like a ten lines. minute segment.
1: All right. The winner, random drawing, SGS birthdays at gmail.com. That's where you can apply. Or I don't know. Get throw your name in the hat. The winner is Tim Gentry of Edwardsville, Illinois. He celebrated his forty first birthday on Monday, July sixth by taking his dog to the vet <laughs> for what he assumed would probably be another UTI. Doesn't like sound like a pleasant birthday activity. So he will be getting a bottle of wine. Smith Devereaux, will be in touch with you. We'll make sure you had your birthday. He says it's his 41st, so I assume he's of age, but that will be confirmed before we just start sending him bottles of wine. Honorable mentions. Again, this was a random drawing. We didn't pick you know, the best story or a name we know. Honorable mentions. Dr. Sean Sullivan per uh, Mrs. Fried Egg. He was nominated by his friend Sam Higgins. Sully is the chief of medicine at the East Orange VA Hospital and has been on the front lines during the COVID-19 pandemic. So he deserves all our praise and approval. Happy birthday, Dr. Sean Sullivan. He's a mediocre golfer and a awesome dad to three young kids. Jack Ferguson, another honorable mention, was hoping to win a bottle of birthday wine to appease his wife, who is wondering why he has a new pair of Rio Mar shoes. A golf practice facility from Rucket and a subscription to Bixby. We <laughs> were just getting all the ads in on that one. And then it is Gerald Gorman's birthday junior today. Seven ten. Birthday junior. So those those are your birthday segments. The winner again, Tim Gentry of Edwardsville, Illinois. Is that near Chicago?
0: No, that's way down. That's St. Louis territory. He's probably a Cardinals okay. fan. Okay. Probably loves Bud Light.
1: So that's how you know it's not a. uh, That's a blind draw. It's not the conflict. You're giving it away to a potential Cardinals fan. Okay, let's move on. Bryson Brooksy, you there?
0: Yeah, I am.
1: Please don't (laughs) tell me we lost it again. Holy shit! You you froze. I I just thought we lost. Losing it. (laughs) Um. So uh,
0: Brooksy and and Bryson, just go down to the Apple Store and spend a spend a quick thousand bucks.
1: All right, uh, Bryson, or Brooks, I should say, is tweeting out steroids Gift cryptic but not so cryptic. Uh, it seems to be aimed at Bryson uh, and the potential, you know, he, he got mad at a cameraman. The, the GIF is about getting mad at a cameraman. I don't think it's too hard to connect the dots, but, you know, you know, Brooks, he made sure to make sure it wasn't explicit, I guess, or, or connect them for us. Um, it's fascinating. It's interesting. I think it's it's what the PGA Tour, if they weren't too worried about, you know, always talking about charity gentlemen. or gentlemen or signing golf balls for Geronimo and things like that, you know, you'd pounce on this and make it the feature of your entertainment product. A rivalry, two top 10 players, bad blood. I am fairly, can say with a fair amount of confidence that Brooks does not like Bryson. This is it, like from what I'm hearing behind the scenes, as well, like not just the overt stuff, but like he, he, I don't think he likes Bryson very much. I don't Um,
0: think, I think there's a growing contingent that doesn't like Bryson. Well, that's true too. What do you make of this? Uh, This was, it was interesting. I, from coming from somebody who clearly got big over a long course of time. You know, Brooksy look at, he was a
1: twig when he started on the challenge tour.
0: Yeah. If you look at Brooksy over the course of five years, he got pretty big. And I think that's from, it's, it's just a Bryson put on a lot of weight in a short amount of time. And I, I'm not insinuating anything, but you know, the red flags immediately go up.
1: Yeah. I, I think Bryson's, put in the work too i i but i think it's i I saw some articles like you can't just question it into thin air like you can't be like oh i'm asking the questions did he do the juice like i think that's not fair i think you can ask him hey you you go to him if you're there and on the ground i think it's a fair question to ask him hey like you got big uh, explain how you did it and explain the suspicion that somebody maybe thinks you did it in an untoward or illicit way, Uh, you know, how to explain that away to us. I think it's an okay question to ask him. And again, we talk about the PGA tour, which should be pushing this, should be pushing this rivalry, but they don't exactly earn the benefit of the doubt when it comes to an equitable, clean level playing field. They just don't, they can't test their equipment. It doesn't seem they don't, they seem indifferent to testing their equipment. They seem indifferent to, uh, I mean, uh, They don't tell us who's failed tests. We don't know if certain players have failed tests for,
0: uh,
1: I don't know, drugs of recreation sometimes, right? So definitely don't know
0: anything about PEDs.
1: Yeah, definitely. So I don't think the PGA Tour has earned the benefit of the doubt. They also put themselves sort of in this position for increased scrutiny on a player that all of a sudden gets big because we don't know that he's been put through any kind of rigorous oversight.
0: From what I understand, there haven't been hasn't been drug testing since the tour came back. Okay. Hasn't been CT testing. There hasn't been <laughs> drug testing. Um, so
1: gambling is you know hot and heavy. Gambling's never been more popular, and
0: and uh, gambling's never been more embraced by the PGA Tour. They love their gambling partners.
1: The equipment we don't know. The players, you know, this isn't to say Bryson is, but like the tour has put him in a tough spot by not being able to kind of have a real clean and handle on the testing of equipment or player.
0: We are not saying in any ways that we believe that Bryson took PEDs. No, Uh, I actually
1: don't. I don't. I think think he worked hard. I think it's documented. He's, you know, as an IV of protein shakes going more or less, but, uh, I love that Brooks is tweaking. him, poking the bear. Push this.
0: I think he knows that, that, he's got a little bit of a mental advantage over Bryson. <laughs> I think what part of That's this could true. be this is that he, he's really just, just poking Bryson. Cause he knows it, it's going to get a rise out of him and maybe have Bryson playing a little bit more emotionally. Um, yeah. you know, the next yeah. time they're together.
1: Yeah. I mean, the tour should embrace it though. Put them together, place them together, hype it up. You have a rivalry amongst two great Two players that are at the top of the game right now, and and if you want to be an entertainment product, you you grab it and you.
0: They won't. I, I they will. Page
1: McKenzie was saying he should be fined today. Uh, Brooks should. He be.
0: didn't say anything.
1: He did dance around it. I guess I I don't know. He, he
0: literally just posted a picture.
1: I would secretly, if you're the commissioner, be cheering him on for doing things like this because it adds value to your entertainment product. It makes it more interesting.
0: I mean, Uh, it was one of the most interesting things that's happened in golf in the last four months, five months. sure, Maybe the most (laughs) outside of Bryson's uh, Instagram video.
1: (laughs) Other news. Anything else you want to say on that? Any other points you want to get off? No, No. Okay. Other news. The Ryder Cup officially is moving to 2021 with the President's Cup moving back a year and everything... They're over. You know. Your
0: dreams are crushed. You're back to back. Oh, they should have done it
1: back to back. Sabo could play in both. He could play a South African in the Pre, uh, Prez Cup. Oh, how about him not getting his,
0: his math next to his name? His flag next to his name.
1: We are going to address Fan Vote Friday next week. I think we're giving them one more week. I'm going to ask for comment if we don't get Fan Vote Friday, and then we're going to all hell is going to break loose. they eradicated... Coming
0: for that PGA Tour comps account that insinuated democracy? that you didn't like charity.
1: Uh, they've eradicated democracy under the cover of the pandemic, and now they don't even have a Slovakian flag. I assume they're just hemorrhaging subscribers because of it. Uh, it's a joke. It's just a joke. It's just a joke. But the Ryder Cup's moving back. I wish they would do President's Cup, Ryder Cup, back-to-back weeks, but they're not. I had somebody in the media business pose a hypothetical to me today. I guess Trevor Immelman was yesterday, who's you know the international captain next time, Quail Hollow. Was saying said something yesterday about like, oh, this we're happy to move back. This is you know, golf's all one big happy family. This is how we operate. We're happy to adjust it. If this were the other way around and the Pres Cup was this fall and the Ryder Cup had their stake in the ground next fall, you think that's happening? No, <laughs> no, no, absolutely. The Pres Cup's either canceled, they play without fans, or they crowbar in somewhere else. But the Ryder Cup. Is like one of the it's the biggest hammer that the PGA of America and the European Tour have, like that they can actually wield it, and it gets you know they bump the press cover. So I do not believe Immelman's comments that this is all just one big Hanley family.
0: It's, here's, it's an act- here's the flip side of that, though. He knows the longer it gets delayed, the more likely they are to not lose.
1: Why? Because it's not played. What yeah. do you mean? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They should have done it back to back. I don't get it. I'm sure the players would be. I'm sure Trevor know.
0: Immelman's a nice guy, but imagine going playing from er, playing for Ernie Els to playing for Trevor Immelman. <laughs> oh god, like the drop off and in inspiration.
1: You're an Ernie Els... Key.
0: All right. Okay, come on. I'd, I'd not say... This is not a disparaging comment towards Trevor Immelman. You're just talking it about... seems like it. You're it talking sure about going like from playing for, for one of the greatest international players of all time to a guy whose career was good. He won a Masters, but... Ernie didn't win a Masters. Well, Trevor Immelman... Ernie also didn't compete in, in many uh, Corn Fairy finals, either. <laughs> web.com <laughs> Tour finals
1: uh any reaction to the Ryder cup moving off it sounds like euro tour suspended points uh the u.s side is going to keep points open and then probably figure out it sounds like a new a new qualifications announced before the tour championship so the current qualifications went through bmw so helps i saw ryan lavner had an article it helps like a morikawa because there's only he had a short window here to you know play his way on and Probably helps Jordan Spieth players like that, but Euro Euros are frozen. It could
0: hurt Jordan Spieth. Hurt Westy. It could. It definitely but, hurt Westy.
1: Hurts Westy. Um,
0: what if Westy wins the Masters this year? He gets no points.
1: Yeah. So Euros frozen through the end of the year. I, is that right?
0: Although, I mean, Westy doesn't want to play. So that's an yeah, I don't think
1: element. he does. Yeah, I don't think he wants oh, to play.
0: Who, me? <laughs> right. <here it> go. <laughs> Uh, those, last... were, those were his comments after he won this uh, this this spring. Oh,
1: really? Remember when he <laughs> wanted like South Africa or they, wherever it was. They
0: they, they said, uh, oh, how do you feel about your chances for the Ryder Cup?" And he was like, "Me, Ride, Ryder Cup? <laughs> <laughs> I I don't.
1: Know. I think he's inside the points zone.
0: Yeah, he is. He is. So, um, okay. Yeah, no big, strength, we expected this. this. is a in the log. world. Right. Any
1: other thoughts on the Ryder Cup moving or off? Uh-uh. This uh This was sort of a long, you know March, the inevitable. But I just enjoyed the Immelman versus the, the other way around. Uh, yeah, Ryder Cup's not moving next year. Okay. Uh, I?
0: I've got a, a twenty twenty Ryder Cup hat here,
1: dude. Should, should we? Have, should we
0: do a giveaway?
1: I have so many. Th- yeah, do it. I, a, I think I have a twenty twenty four Beth Page hat. I've got. I could give that away. That's a specialty item. Right here. It's
0: next to my, it's next to my PGA Cup hat that, uh, that somebody graciously sent me from the PGA. Oh, Because he knows how big of a PGA Cup fan I am. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, all right. We'll figure that yeah, out later. We'll figure the out our Ryder Cup. Maybe. No one can see.
0: Navy Whistling Straits 2020 oh, okay. Ryder Cup 2020. All right. Great hat.
1: I've got several. We're of, gonna like, give this away. I have a 2028 Turvus, 28 Turvus, which I tweeted about. I have a Beth Page one somewhere too. Maybe we can give those away. I'm gonna, right,
0: I'm ready to give away this one, this hat. Okay. Even though as much as I want to keep it, I'm um, I'm willing to give it away.
1: All right, we'll think about it for how we'll do that. Other news: Tiger's back. He's sailing privacy up the Olentangy, uh, dodging the pirates, the Central Ohio, mm. and uh, we'll play at Memorial next week. <laughs> I don't have much to add. He's apparently still a professional golfer, but I would have liked him not played at all and then shown up at the PGA. I think
0: this is going to be the one tournament he plays in then this to the PGA. That's it, right? Yeah.
1: Does he have enough points to be in the FedEx Cup? Does he even care? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I think he's...
0: The the FedEx Cup's starting in like three weeks. That's what
1: I'm wondering. He's going to have like five starts, maybe. Right? What did he play? Riv? Torrey? I think that's it.
0: But I think Brooks is not even... Uh, he's on the bubble.
1: Yeah. He's 155. Yeah. Wow. The, the Actually, the ultimate prize might just be fanta- the delight this year. Yeah. Because you could have some Huge real shit. shotgun start type names. Brendan Todd. All right. Let's get to Lanto. Flashback Friday. Lanto.
0: All right. Flashback Friday. It's John Deere Mar- Week. <laughs> I have Lonnie to I have to issue nightmare. an apology. I said it was Open Championship week on Wednesday, but it's it's oh. John Deere week. I'm losing track yeah. of the time. Yep. Um so we're going back to the 2001. I don't want the John Deere to be forgotten this week. Okay. 2001 okay. John Deere Classic.
1: Who is that? Goitas? No, that was later. Who was it?
0: David Gossett. Uh, oh. 22-year-old you know, David Gossett.
1: John Deere is just a, is just a, you know, really yields a ton, a bounty of flashback nuggets. This was Ed Fiore, pool boy, yes. tiger killer last yes. year. Now you're giving last us David, David, Gossett.
0: David Gossett. David you
1: John Deere. All right. All David
0: right. Gossett won, wins by one shot over none other than Briny Baird, Mr. Oh. Mister Major Medical. Mr. <laughs> He's still (laughs) contemplating a return. (laughs) (laughs) So Gossett makes a five footer on 18 to win. And at the time he's playing on a sponsor's exemption. So he's the first player uh, to win on a sponsor's exemption since Tiger in 96. And Gossett at the time was a full buy.com player, Um, full-time buy.com player and recently turned pro phenom, you know, uh, yep. young gun. Yep. So his quote after he made the putt was I've I, this is what I've been dreaming of for so long, a putt to win a golf tournament. So um Gossett was the ninety nine uh USAM champ. He was a two time first team All American at University of Texas the two years he played. He was Big Ten player of the year as a freshman. The next year Charles Howell one big 10 or big 12 player of the year um and then uh and and so with the win he got a two-year exemption so after he won the the uh usam he obviously got exemptions into all three majors and then he turned pro when he turned pro uh he got he missed all seven cuts in his sponsor's exemptions the first year out Yep, <clears throat> but he got in. He got into the final stage of Q school, which got him his buy.com dot uh, status. Interesting enough, in that final stage of 2000 Q school, he shot a 59 at Q school.
1: Whoa! The, the pro- oh, I, I remember that. That's right. The, the problem. The
0: problem was he didn't. He didn't shoot any other score. He didn't shoot any scores in the 60s that week. He had a 59 <laughs> and all scores in the 70s. So he finished sixty-eighth with a fifty-nine. And interesting thing about the fifty-nine, he uh he had he parred two par fives and shot fifty-nine. Wow. Wow. that's um, crazy. So he's labeled this he's he's part of these young guns that are primed to challenge Tiger. Yep. And he's the group is him, Luke Donald, Adam Scott, Charles Howell the Third, Matt Kuchar. Now, David Gossett. So all those guys pretty good careers.
1: Yes. Yes.
0: David Gossett was the first of them to win on the PGA Tour.
1: That's amazing. Holy crap. Was he at Nike? Did he get a He was a ton of hype, right? As his yeah, Tiger. Ton I don't of, know, I can't remember. ton if of hype. Was Nike. He
0: wasn't Nike. He didn't Might sign a equi- titleist. Didn't sign an equipment and deal until he won. Okay. So um, he's
1: the first to win of that group. First to win Tiger of Tiger Chasers. That group. Yeah.
0: Okay. Um he finished one hundred. So obviously he gets his card in 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 two thousand one. Um, he finishes one hundredth on the money list in O two, eighty fourth in O three, and then it's just yeah gone. Bye. See ya. Um. So during the two thousand four season, Gossett missed the cut in twenty three of his twenty five starts, <sighs> and Jeez. he finished the year missing nineteen cuts in a row. Oof. He only broke seventy once in fifty-seven rounds, and his scoring average was seventy-five. He was the worst on the tour by nearly a shot and a half, um, and he earned twenty-one thousand dollars. Finished two hundred forty-fifth on the money list. Man. So a lot of things are reasons behind what happened. Um, apparently, he he had a very close-knit family, and his uh, sister left. Vanderbilt. She was a star golfer at Vanderbilt. Left Vanderbilt, and there was a lot of rumored family problems, which caused some, you know, obvious distractions off the golf course. And yeah. he also started to play swing coach roulette. Oh, really? Yeah. That's so right. he he had always been seen two instructors, Jonathan Yarwood and Rob Atkins. Okay. Um, but huh. that year, he he decided he wanted to go visit uh, Mr. Lead Poison. David Led put him better. So um, this is from a Shipnuck article about, you know, where has David Gossett gone? Um, and this yep. is from SGS uh, guest, Andy Martinez, legendary caddy, oh, Andy Martinez, okay. who was actually on the bag for Gossett when he won the USAM and would caddy for Gossett every once in a while on tour. There were times when there would be uh, trouble on one side of the fairway and he would hit it so far in the other direction that it would be out of play. He'd say, you know, I just have to trust it. And then on the the next hole, he hit it right into the trouble. You could tell he didn't know where the ball was going sometimes. Um, So despite going through all this, Gossett was like a a stand-up dude. So, yeah, he makes $21,000 on the year, and he donated 28000 to St. Jude's Children's Research Hospital in Memphis that year. Holy cow. Later this year, he wrote what Texas uh, coach John Fields called a substantial check to the Longhorns program. Um, and as reporters chronicled Gossett's struggles down the stretch of the season, he often reminded them that kids his age were dying in Iraq while he was playing the game for a living. So, all through this, like incredible perspective, and like clearly, like a genuinely nice guy. So good. He's, he's now he's now he's also in uh, Tales from Q School, the Feinstein book. He's prominently featured yep, in that. Yep, yep. So this is a little bit uh, on uh, what he told Feinstein for that book. I'd always wondered if expectations could be a burden. Looking back now, I'd have to say, yes, they can be. You hear a lot of stories about guys changing things to try and get better and ending up worse. I'm one of those stories. I don't want I don't want anyone to think I blame David, and that's Ledbetter, in any way for my last couple of years. He's a good man and a great teacher, and I... And I have absolutely no issues with him. It just wasn't right for me. And I learned that the hard way. No sour grapes, though. Whatever went wrong, that's on me, not on David. Hmm. So. Sounds from, like
1: a really good dude. Yeah. A really good human being.
0: So, 2005 on, uh, in, over the next five years, he played in, in 16 tour events. Uh, he missed the cut in 14 of them. Um, i I did
1: not know he won the john deere completely oh blanked yeah on that did, did you, you see what he did in the finals of the usam
0: yeah he won nine and eight it was the did biggest you say that already i did yeah, i forgot I, to mention okay. that he was like the biggest biggest margin of victory in 60 some years
1: yeah nine and eight at pebble uh, 1999
0: So he he bounced around the web and mini tours for years, and uh, he resurfaced in 2014. He qualified for the U.S. Open at uh, Pinehurst. So he went to he was an alternate after locals because he lost a four-hole playoff to Bo Hostler, which who Bo at the time was I think was either in high school or just got into college. So he's an alternate. He got a call. And sent to the Memphis site, which traditionally is one of the hardest ones because it's filled with tour players. And he shoots sixty six, sixty nine to get in. Um, so he plays in the his first. Like think about it. he played in two thousand. He played in the U.S. Open as an amateur. In two thousand fourteen, he plays his first U.S. Open as a pro. Huh. Wow. Nuts. That's
1: insane. So that's insane.
0: During that week, there's tons of articles. Here's, here's some quotes. Uh, I got sidetracked trying to improve with the proverbial p- paralysis by analysis. As okay. soon as I lost mechanics, I lost confidence in what I was doing and changed up my formula. And it wasn't a good decision for me professionally. It never got to a point where I chose not to play or I was going to quit. Never took any job interviews or anything. Certainly, there were times of disappointment and question marks. Gosh, I mean, maybe I should pursue something else, but I never really uh, went there long. Uh, Man, I, I remember that sectional,
1: right? Mm-hmm. Came out, 14.
0: So, and Gossett... Um, That's
1: the beauty of that, obviously, that whole system, right? I'm we're not right. getting it this year, but, you know, whatever. We, we don't need to go into that.
0: But and Goss, So, Gossett, uh, you know, if people ask him how he how he had sustained living because he had kids and a wife right. and he was like, right. he made a ton of money. He had, he signed a big endorsement deal and he was really smart with his money. Interesting. Cause he made, he made like two and a half million those first couple of years. Right. Um, right. And he had a big endorsement deal, probably, you know, 500,000 or something a year. Um, and, 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 so he was able to save money, which a lot of, you know, times isn't the case, uh, you know. And uh, but now David Gossett is uh, 41 now and he is a commercial real estate agent in Nashville, Tennessee. He hung him up. Kind of sad.
1: I, I was wondering, like, if he sectional, like, did he try to, you know, or that was just kind of one off thing. Well he's about... still playing, he was still grinding. Right. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if he's
0: yeah. getting his amateur status back or what, but it's uh That was
1: only six years ago, it wasn't that long, you know. Mm-hmm. So Okay. David Gossett. I forgot he won. I don't know why I forgot the deer. I-, I always thought of the amateur success and then like the failed, you know, the star kind of burning out, but that's it. I
0: I, I you know, you always heard the story, but like the quotes, the the perspective yeah. just seems like such a good dude
1: right great dude
0: so all right flashback i gotta go
1: getting thrown out of this room it's our third fourth attempt at recording this one i think got done we're in safely right we are i'm gonna i'm gonna stop now okay all right enjoy your fridays talk to you next week